thing that's been going through my heart and mind lately is um, thinking about who God is and His redemptive nature. And it's kind of a broad subject, and, and it was a little bit hard for me to pull it together. So, by God's grace, we will learn and grow through this. But it starts out in Genesis 1.1. I'm just going to read that verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We have a creative God. And it says um, in Genesis 1.31, it says, Then God saw everything that He made, and indeed it was very good. And I guarantee you it was very good. You know, I have to think that creating and engineering has some similarities. Obviously, God created from nothing. Engineers take other things and try to put things together um, to come up with something. But both, you have to visualize the end product, um, maybe something that's never been done before. And you have to visualize how it's all put together. And um, I've tried doing some of those things, and sometimes it didn't turn out very well. But I guarantee you, when God decides to put something together, it is very good. Everything was in its perfect state, in a state that we would hardly recognize. Um, the beauty and the harmony, harmony of relationship, it was perfect. It was perfect. And then, sit as the picture. God told Adam in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And one day, he was bored and curious and partook of the fruit and then gave to Adam and he ate as well. And then something terrible started happening. It's called entropy. Um, entropy is a big word that basically means um, it's a scientific fact that everything that has order moves towards chaos. And the only way to maintain that order is from the outside influence or force from something intelligent. DNA never improves as we get older. It only breaks down further. Lots of evidence for that today amongst us. <laughs> um, and your house doesn't get cleaner all week as you live in it inadvertently. It's by itself. It tends to go downhill. The shells get a little more dust on it. Um, things get better out. Especially if you have children under the age of 13. Uh, it can tend to go downhill a little bit. They can also be very helpful, too. Um, but truly, we are created by a very intelligent being. But truly, also, this creation is being broken down by sin. One of the most stark versions of entropy is displayed in society. And humanity that used to have harmony 
with God and with each other. And now, um, drifting aimlessly into chaos and into further away from the relationship with God, into sin and darkness. Only an external force, a God of love and order, can change a society and bring it back to relationship with Him. Just as a worn-out and wrecked vehicle can't restore itself, neither can we as a people bring ourselves back into relationship with God without the outside force and power. The fall truly affected us in every way, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We were separated from God and without hope. So it's here that we start to see another characteristic of God. He is a creator God, but as you read the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 is where the creating happens. And ever after that, God is reaching toward and redeeming His people out of the fall. So turn in your Bible, if you will. This is the main passage that we'll read together. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13 through 18. Colossians 1, 13 through 18. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jesus is Creator and also Redeemer. By Him all things were made. In verse 14, in Him in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Our God is a redemptive God. But you know what? From my experience, starting over is a lot easier than redeeming something. Not in every situation, but in many situations. And you can probably think of some. Um, one example is when my boys are drawing pictures on the floor. Here's a stack of new paper. Here's where they're drawing the picture. And over here is a stack of crumpled ones. Because it's, 
they're drawing the same picture over and over, but they're not quite getting it right, and they mess up, especially with the pen, ball it up, but over there get another one. Uh, when I was growing up, that would have been illegal because that would be wasteful. You don't waste paper like that. Um, paper is very cheap, by the way. My wife reminded me. <laughs> and at work, we tried designing a new concept machine that didn't really work out very well. Um, and we're convinced the idea is sound, but we built it on some false principles and hadn't learned enough, I suppose. So now we want to build it again. But we have the old machine. We could just try to adapt it. But you know what? Many times when you're rebuilding a piece of equipment, you're better off to go back to the drawing board and start from ground up instead of put yourself in the box of, well, we have this, so we'll do it this way, and then it will create problems on the road. So starting over is um, a lot of times better. Now, it can be more costly, but for God, our Creator, um, it's, it's free. Just create out of nothing. Um, and usually an old car gets over 350,000 miles, and maybe it's a 97 model. Um, it'll get, especially if the engine gets bad, it'll get sold for scrap and crush and um, melted and um, extruded into a billet, solid bar of steel. And then that steel is run through rollers and created into sheet metals and different things. And then they use those parts to make new cars. So it's really a great way to get rid of an old car, just making it a new car um, with no problems. Well, supposedly. Um, but once in a while, somebody will restore an old vehicle instead of selling it to be crushed. Um, you know, it takes a lot of work to restore an old car, especially if it's like my old brown truck. It's got holes the size of Texas on it from rust, and there's rubber bushings that are worn out, and there's um, multiple problems with the throttle fix, so you have to turn the key off to um, stop yourself from going too fast, things like that. Um, but restoring an old vehicle can be very costly and time-consuming. It takes a lot of care. It's a lot easier just to sell it for scrap metal and get another one. So there are things that we tend to start over with. Um, and sadly, in America, marriage is one of the things that the mentality of Americans tends to be, if it doesn't work out in this marriage, I'll just start over and we'll get another one and it'll, maybe it'll work out then. Um, I won't get into churches. Sometimes that seems to happen there too. But you know, running from your problems and running from relationships isn't necessarily God's design. And we see in His character a redemptive nature coming forward. Um, although God was tempted a few times to um, start over, do you remember when Moses was leading the children of Israel out and Moses was up on the mountain with God and they were down there worshiping a calf and God said, I'm going to just smoke them and then I'll make a nation out of you. We're just going to start over here. 
course, you know the story. Moses pleaded for the people, and God relented of his wrath and did not destroy them. It would have been a lot easier to just make a new nation from Moses as opposed to restoring a sinful, broken nation. I want us to consider, compare a little bit creation and redemption. When it came to um, creation, God formed Adam out of the dust. This was a happy day. Form Adam out of the dust, breathe life into him, put him back to sleep, choose the best looking rib, make Eve. And there was the perfect couple. Redemption when it came to redeeming the world, he had to spend thirty three years in a fallen earth in a human body and then suffer rejection by the people he loved so much and be um, he sweat great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane that night. He um, went and had his beard pulled and his a crown of thorns put on his head. He was beaten with he was whipped. He was um, ultimately nailed to the cross. And he thirsted. Let's not leave that off. All of that for redemption. Creating was simple in comparison to redemption. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's a, um, there's a presence to that scripture that, that brings it into the today, sort of. Because it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We know He died back then. But it's as if He died while we were living. And God is timeless, so He sees it like that. So we have believed, we have accepted His redemption, and we need to be a thankful people. And it's easy to get caught up with our everyday lives. I do. And just be kind of humdrum. But, um, you know, we, we, have, we really have it good. We really have an awesome and loving God that He didn't just create us and watch us fall and then eliminate us. He watched us fall and then He's been reaching out to us and reaching, reaching towards us. And um, He's done all the redeeming work. All we need to do is respond. Um, Another verse I really appreciate right here is First Peter 1, 3. It says, Praise be to God the Father and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So here it is. The Creator to being the Redeemer from creation to crucifixion. And He did that so that we could pass from entropy to gain eternity. And that's who we are. But God's redemptive work didn't stop for the believer after we believe. Getting eternity right is supreme importance. Receiving His sacrifice, believing in Him, and um, entering into His kingdom is number one priority. But once someone has entered the kingdom of God, they begin on a journey of healing and forgiving and growing in the faith. Once we're in the kingdom, uh, just as God was not quick to throw us away to start fresh, we also need to value other broken people that are amongst us. We need love and give grace and have mercy on the struggling. We're in this together. The Lord granted us this grace, and we owe it to one another. Um, because truly, if we would see ourselves as we were, um, worthless castaways before Christ, before He redeemed us, then surely we can have a lot of love and grace for others. So, Jesus has scars, and in a figurative way, we also have some wounds of some sort. Many of us have a past. All of us have a past. Many of us are not proud of our past. And um, many have been wounded by their past. And Jesus wants to redeem those things as well. Jesus has a heart for people that carry wounds. Uh, he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The areas in the lives that we have allowed Jesus to touch, or minister, or heal, become a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. The areas in your life and in mine that we feel is because we were hurt sometimes. Those areas that we let go to the Lord and let Him heal us and touch us with His hands, whenever He's got the wound, when He brings His healing into that area of our lives, that person in that area of His life becomes very useful in the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to redeem those wounds. Um, and I thought of an example. A young person, paralyzed from waist down due to a drunk driving accident. Uh, this young person wrestled daily with her loss of mobility and argued with God about why he allowed this to happen to her. 
And then she came to a place of complete surrender, allowing Jesus to redeem that area of her life. Do whatever he wants with her, given this situation. Now she endures her suffering with joy and resting in his care and love for her. And then God opens up a great door of opportunity for ministry where she is able to share the gospel and how good Jesus is to her and reach many of uh, people that are like her. So that's an example of somebody that is allowing Jesus to touch that painful spot in their life and, and be surrendered and healed in that area of their heart and go on to be useful for the kingdom. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9 says, Consider this thing, oh, sorry, considering this thing, Paul is speaking here, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in weakness, therefore, Paul says, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's a perfect example of him surrendering an infirmity, something in his life that he did not like, and letting the Lord change that area of his heart. And now he's just got the joy, and he's going to serve the Lord through that and let God use him in whatever ways he sees fit. In another verse, um, 2 Corinthians 4.15, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Praise God. It's not going to be perfect in this flesh, but inwardly we can be renewed day by day. Be made more and more into the image of Christ. Um, another little example is, I didn't get his permission, but Calvin Yoder used to live in this community, and he really had quite the um, use Days. This would be Eli Yoder's son. Um, he was rebellious and he got into a lot of simple things in his youth. But praise the Lord, he came to Christ. God got a hold of his life. He's a pastor in Indiana now. And since the work of Christ in his life, he has an extra measure of love and care for struggling young people. That's an example of somebody that was in it deep and got touched by the master, now they have a ministry above what he would have had had he not been exposed to the healing to that degree. There's a term called, it's a new trend called upcycle. I'm sure you ladies who are on Pinterest might know about upcycle, where you take junk and repurpose it. And the dictionary says about upcycle is to reuse discarded objects or materials in such a way as to create a product of higher quality or value than original. To reuse something discarded in such a way as to create a product of higher quality or value than it was originally. That is the work of Christ in our lives. He is upscaling, or, sorry, 
these up cycles, these, these um, blemishes in our lives, can things that we can be open about and have ministry in other people's lives because of His grace. None of it is because of our own goodness or anything, but it's because of His grace. Isaiah 42, 3 says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. That's the heart of God. He takes these damaged people and he does not discard and start over. He, he tenderly woos them, that's an old English word, um, nurtures them, wants to bring them to the fullness of life that he has in store for them. And God is glorified in our lives when we trust him with our brokenness. And we all remember the story of the broken cup, probably. There's a king who had his favorite coffee mug, and he happened to knock it off his throne one day, and it broke. Go fix it, he commanded his magicians and his servants. And this was the day before Superglue. So his men searched for a craftsman that could fix the pottery, broken pottery cup. To no avail, well, they did eventually. Um, this word, Kintsugi, is an art of bonding broken pieces of pottery back together using gold. And it's an art that is still used in Japan. Um, so you have these broken pieces. I watched a little video of it, and I didn't even get all the process. But it ends up having gold bonding all the broken parts together. And it's really beautiful. And um, the tradesman that's in tradesman or the artist believes that broken pieces in pottery don't detract from its value but add to its story and its history. So you can, in, in the era, um, you have a favorite place that got a little corner broken off of it by one of your children, and you would take it and get it repaired, and then you would always remember, oh, that's where little Johnny dropped the plate when he was four, and it's beautiful. It, 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 it doesn't detract from it. So they get this cup together, and it's Gorgeous to take it back to the king and it's healed. And it doesn't sound a little bit like what the Lord is doing in our lives. Um, I have to say, though, there can be a feeling of that if I'm not broken enough, God's not going to do great work in me. No. You come, you come out of high school or and you're a believer, and you walk with the Lord and keep yourself from sin, God will use you in incredible ways. God will use you in incredible ways. I, I do not want to create the feeling that you must go get broken first before you can be. But I want people to have hope in our Lord and His redeeming power to bring out beauty in what you give to Him that was broken. It's His redemptive nature.
Why would anybody want to resist Christ's redemption? You know, we were created, we know that. And we know He did it in a day. But then we know what He also was He went through to uh, redeem us at the cross. And in God's heart, as if He did it yesterday too, for us personally, it really needs to cause us to pause and consider the greatness of His love and the extent of which He is reaching toward us to um, call us out to be a people for Him. And how should we live our lives in response to that? And once we're believers, why in the world would we ever deny the healing for things in our lives? Um, I believe it's possible to hold on to a wound instead of allowing the Lord into that area of our lives. To heal that wound. Maybe it's fear, fear of the unknown. Maybe bitterness feels good, you don't want to give it up. But I, I, I'm sure if you would each consider, and if I would consider, our lives, what holds us back spiritually the most? There's something that comes to mind. And in that area of your life, if you would consider, am I really, am I scared to take this into the Lord in prayer and say, what is it, and can you heal me of it? Can you touch this area of my life? I give it to you, and I want your redemption in this area of my life. That's a challenge. Go wrestle with the Lord about it, and then give in and surrender to his worship and healing and hang on to the joy ride because there is joy in surrendering to the Lord. Um, honesty is crucial. Honesty is crucial. Being honest about where we are and what we're facing and um, laying it out before the Lord is very crucial and with a brother if you need to. I didn't really come up with a great closing. But um, I've been challenged with the exercise of studying this and just being reminded of how great our God is and how extensive His work is um, from Creator to Redeemer. Um, and He's still redeeming us day by day. Thank you for coming.